0: The trends are glaring and consistent. There's large variances, large gaps in ED usage, inpatient usage, uh, reduced quality, reduced annual wellness visits.
1: Welcome to Unlocking Big Data, a series about getting trusted data to healthcare decision makers. Sponsored by Arcadia and presented by HIMSS. IMS Market Insights conducted research on data analytics platforms in December 2022 to early January 2023. Fifty-five executives, IT and technology, and clinician leaders who have a role in decision-making or influence regarding the selection of or the strategy and innovation of data analytics platforms at their organization participated in the research. Nearly 40% work in multi-hospital systems with nearly a quarter each working for IDNs or standalone hospitals and specialty hospitals. Throughout the series, we'll present key data points from the research, but focus on why these data points are important and how you can leverage the findings to support your healthcare organization's data initiatives. In our fourth episode, we'll look at leveraging more data for intelligent business decision-making. I'm joined by Isaiah Nathaniel, C.P. Hims, Vice President and CIO of Delaware Valley Community Health, Inc., and Jake Hotchberg, Vice President of Analytics and Chief Analytics Officer at Arcadia, who will help us explore key takeaways from the research. Welcome, Isaiah and Jake. According to HIMSS Market Insights Research, 57% of an organization's data is being used to make intelligent business decisions. Those who work with an IDN or multi-hospital, which is 64% of respondents, are more likely to report that their data is used to make intelligent business decisions than standalone hospitals, specialty hospitals, or academic medical centers. And I just want to remind everyone that this podcast is a continuation of this topic from a HIMSS TV episode recently recorded. So let's talk about how healthcare organizations, regardless of type, can increase the percentage of data to make intelligent business decisions. So first, what do you think IDNs and multi-hospitals are more successful at leveraging their data to make intelligent business decisions than standalone hospitals,
0: specialty hospitals, or academic medical centers. Let's start with you, Jake. I think from my end, I would say ah, scale is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So when you want to invest in data, when you want to leverage data, the larger you are, the more more ROI you're going to get on that investment. What it means is that IDN's multi-hospital systems, it makes more sense to invest in more analytics platforms and more in using analytics more broadly. It's important for everybody, but it's easier to get an ROI. Okay. What do you see, as as far as that goes? I like that answer, Jake, Uh, even from a
2: Bostonian. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, so you know, we don't have any rivalries going on at the current moment. But to answer the question more poignantly, I think IDNs and multi-hospitals are better at data usage because of the patient profile, so I'll add to that, and how they transition from within the traditional care to innovative medicine. You cannot do that without having actionable data at the point of care for the best outcomes and two, for creating care models when the complexity calls for such. The data informs the platforms that generate data are continually optimized for maximum value for both the patient and the business. This type of patient calibration, as I call it, improves financial outcomes for these entities because it's medically necessary for the patient and financial health.
1: Well, then what can healthcare care leaders at these standalone specialty hospitals and academic medical centers do to increase the percentage of their
2: data to make intelligent business decisions. So I'll start here, and I'll, I'll just say that population health and healthcare is the holy grail. Mm-hmm. For these type of entities in our healthcare triangle, you know, I did something about the healthcare triangle but with my basketball background. I won't talk about Phil Jackson and all of the championships he's won with the Chicago Bulls and you know the LA Lakers with the same system made by text Winters, I'll digress here, but it's of significant value to invest in these types of analytical software solutions. Now, I'm coming at this from a platform and data perspective with my role as VP and CIO of Delaware Valley Community Health, but this is where the business value is. Being able to understand populations from a social determinants of health, as well as from geospatial lens would do wonders because now your care and your care teams can be more impactful and deliberate in getting patients back to whole person care. That's our job. Our job in healthcare is to get them back to that whole person care. So invest in these type of solutions would be my typical way of saying these types of things and tied into true clinical decision support systems to take the captured data and make it again, actionable. Then study the similarities and the anomalies, not just what is working, but what doesn't work for these populations and different data sets to understand more clearly your numerator and denominators. As you can see, Mike, I'm very passionate about this Absolutely. being in traditional primary care. So so what do you say, Jake? Is it just pop health or is what else is it?
0: No, I think that's a really great answer. And I think the only thing I would really tack on is that one solution that could work is trying to partner with other smaller hospitals and individual standalone hospitals. With some level of partnership, you might be able to uh, learn from each other, but also with certain types of data use agreements, you might be able to uh, more reasonably share data, build some scale, which will allow you to do some analysis and understand those outliers, understand what's not working, understand what needs to be fixed. So l- let's talk about health equity because that's becoming more important to hospitals and health systems
1: as an organizational goal. How is data being used to make intelligent business decisions around health equity and how is this impacting areas like financial viability, pop health and so on
0: I'll start from the macro level I'll leave I'll leave the other part to isaiah because I think he spends he's a lot closer to to the actual patient care when it comes to health equity from the macro level when my team looks at the data the trends are glaring and consistent there's large variances large gaps in ED usage inpatient usage uh, reduced quality reduced annual wellness visits so to me I think when I talk to customers about about health equity a, a lot of them don't know where to start they know that there's disparity. They know that there's probably opportunity to reduce that and both improve the lives of their patients, but also create value for their systems. But that that lack of a template, that lack of a clear place to start is one major challenge and that identification is another. So it's one thing to try and build a program to uh, approach health equity. It's hard to find patients to enroll in those programs at, at a macro level. Mm-hmm. Isaiah, what
2: about on a practical level? Oh, man, you're speaking to my heart here. So if I get fired up, you know, I come from a long line of Baptist preachers. So if I take too long for the podcast, just put in the rolling Jeopardy music and then cut it off. But this is what I do every day, Mm -hmm. working for a federally qualified health center. For those that don't know what a federally qualified health center, what it is is that we're funded by HRSA to serve the underserved. We're made whole financially. If a patient walks in with commercial insurance, we'll see you. If a patient walks in with no insurance at all, we will still see you. And then through a grant through the federal government, we're made financially whole on that. That's not our total business outcomes, but it's a good portion of it. There's 1,400 FQHCs in the country. We serve about 30 million patients annually. And so we do health equity every single day. I've had population health solutions for decades. Decades. And our health centers that we see in Philadelphia and across the country, rural, urban, you'll see the mother, you'll see the father, you'll see the grandmother, you see the grandchildren, and you'll see sometimes the great grandchildren. So we have all of this data in our systems. And guess what? We're willing to share it. So when I talk about that healthcare triangle and my answer previously, That's what it is. It's starting at traditional primary care, going to the subspecialty, going to the hospital, going to the IDN, going to the multi-hospital specialty, and then bringing that data back. So when we talk about care quality, when we talk about health equity, it starts at traditional primary care. We know primary care. We know the families. We know where they are. We know how their housing situation is. We know their educational status. We know if they're homeless or not because we capture all that at the point of care. So health equity to me is paramount, primary care is paramount. And guess what? So is subspecialty, so is the hospital systems. That's the triangle of healthcare. That's how we bring GDP down. That's how we get our costs down. Sharing this data in true sources of information gets us back to the whole person care. I'm getting fired up, I'm gonna give it back to you. It's terrific, and that's all we have
1: time for today. I'd like to thank our guests, Isaiah Nathaniel and Jake Hochberg for their perspectives and their passion and be sure to check out the other episodes of this podcast series as well. For hymns, this is Michael Krieger.